Good morning and welcome to the Fatherhood Experience Podcast. My name is Roy Sampson and today we're going to be talking about the most amazing thing that you can give your kids as a father and that is an amazing mom. It is. Everything you do and everything you give them is going to be dependent on something that you cannot control. So the school that they go to is going to be dependent on the amount of tuition you can pay or willing to pay and what neighborhood you're you're living in and of course what neighborhood you're living in is going to be dependent on the job that you have, what kind of house you can afford, the kind of house you can afford in the job that you have is going to be dependent on the schooling and the economic opportunities that are available at that time. And the only thing that you have 100% control of is your spouse, the person that you choose. So today's podcast is going to be as much, if not more, an advice for my kids in selecting a spouse and making sure that you stay happily married. Granted, I've only been married for a little over 10 years, but I think that I'm doing a pretty good job. So if my kids are listening to this later on, take this to heart. This is what I live by and the advice that I would give anybody that I love and care about. So first off, before you even get married, before you even get married, what you're going to want to do is make sure you have enough in common with the person that you are going to date. Make sure you are friends. And one, one litmus test or one thing that I did was if I had friends that I can imagine myself um, having more fun with, having um, a better relationship with God with and um, just being myself around and having more peace around, then that wasn't the right person because the right person should be um, better than anyone else that you are around, right? That doesn't mean that the person that your best friend who is the opposite gender or the your best friend is the person for you. It just means that the one that you're with who's not as good of a match for you as some of your friends is not the one. Uh, Another litmus test is you have to be able to have fun with that person. While you're dating, play some games. And I mean like really have fun with this person. And one of the reasons is you want to load up all those happy memories at the beginning of your relationship so that when rough times come ahead, you have a solid foundation to look back on, a solid foundation of memories, a solid foundation of common interests, a solid foundation of common values, a solid foundation of common ideals for the future uh, because something's got to hold you together when tough times come and tough times will come. Next, choosing time the the time to get married oh i can't get married now because i'm still at school i can't get married now because i'm not stable in my job those life choices like marriage and having children are never going to come at a perfect time chances are it's like launching a blog or launching a product if you wait till the perfect time to do it then it's already too late and the reason for that is because there's going to be some risk involved now you don't want to take an uncalculated risk where you're having a ton of disagreements and you're already working things out and you're one month into the relationship 
chances are you're not compatible. What you want to do is have fun with a person and make sure that you have enough in common that will carry you through tough times because tough times will come because that is life. Life sucks. Life will throw you curveballs and life will use these experiences, these negative experiences, to help us grow as human beings because it's only through adversity that we come better. It's through these tough times and through conflict and through sacrifice and suffering that we learn the value of things that we didn't value before. Case in point is that I I thought that I needed eight hours of sleep to be able to function when I was in college. Now I realize that, you know what? You don't need that much. However, I do value sleep. I value my naps a whole lot more than I did when I was in college. I value silence a lot more now that I have three children and you can barely get any silent time. So there are these things that you value. You value a date with your wife more um, when you have children. So it's through adversity that we learn these things and they're gonna come. So don't get into a relationship that's already filled with adversity while you're just getting started because when you're getting started is you want is when you want the best possible times because you're going to need to look back at those times after an argument and say hey remember that time when we went to Hawaii just because and i pretended to get a pearl from out of the ocean when i actually just bought it i bought the clam or the oyster from the shop around the corner all you know those stupid little things that you can look back and laugh at because if you don't have anything to look back and laugh at and you don't have any fun to look back at you're just gonna look back at your life and say you know what I just realized that I never loved you and we got to split up so <laughs> make sure it's the right person first uh, two once once uh, you are oh making life decisions like when you get married and have children <clears throat> Sorry, I'm jumping around because I'm just really excited and passionate about this subject and I've pondered it for my whole life. So when making life decisions, it's never going to be the perfect time. It's only going to be the right time for you. And that's what makes it exciting when there's a little bit of risk involved. And my logic behind this is you're sitting there trying to get your career started and or you're in school your your spouse is working and you're finishing up school and you're trying to figure out when to get married or when to have children if you look back at some families out there I, I know friends I have friends who are in their 40s or 50s or even 60s who have jobs who have children and are raising their children and they decide to go back to school to further their career. Now they have a job, they have school, and they have children. Now there are people who have to get jobs be while they have children just to make ends meet. Um, or there, there are so many possible scenarios that are, that are so much worse than the scenario that you're in and you will survive. With that said, you do want to pick the pos the the best possible scenario, but don't let things. If you are in a position 
where you can have children, don't let uh, something that could possibly happen while you're already married and you make the life decision to go back to stop you from having children or getting married. Number three. The next advice that I have is know that you will be attracted to somebody who is opposite of you. There's going to be some sort of opposition there. Now, um, Shelly, my wife and I are very much alike and there are the things that we are opposite in is I'm more of an extrovert and she's more of an introvert and so she will respond to things the way an introvert does and I will respond to them the way an extrovert does. I am more impulsive. She is less impulsive. She takes her time and takes a lot longer in making decisions and she will weigh and calculate all options. While it appears like I make cal- decisions and quickly, but part of it is because I've calculated them along the way. And I am justifying the fact that I know I am very impulsive and I make great <laughs> I make very emotional decisions so yes the truth about me is I make very emotional decisions and that's why I've placed safeguards to prevent myself from making impulse buys like waiting at least 10 days or a month maybe even years to buy the right thing okay so know that your whoever your significant other is is gonna have some opposition um, to you now that opposition is going to cause conflicts and make sure you resolve your conflicts soon as soon as humanly possible and don't let it carry over into the next day one of the reasons for that is the sooner you address it the easier it is to address because we make up stories in our heads and those stories get worse and worse as time goes on now we have this huge amazing 10-hour epic saga about our significant other, our wife, that isn't true. We just made it up in our heads. And the, one of the best ways to approach that, because you don't want to address an issue when you're still very emotional and passionate and emotionally involved in it, because you will only be looking at it from one side. So the first thing you're going to want to do, and what I do is I journal. I sit there and I write um about my feelings and i just let it all out and i write what i want to do and then i just start writing so i just did this a couple of days ago where i was really starting to get um irritated because every time i would have conversations with shelly and i would say something she would shut me down and everything that i say the first answer was no because this 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 and i was starting to see it as she was just a naysayer and just like whatever I said is wrong right so I started journaling and I said you know what let me see this from another perspective because um, I don't want it to be like this I don't we were on vacation with the family and I don't want to be I want to be able to have those conversations I want to be able to have um, a nice conversation without me feeling like um, everything that she says is an attack and so I started journaling and I asked myself what are you doing to contribute to that and one thing that I noticed through my journaling is that 
I would just come in while she was in a conversation already or in the middle of talking and I will say something to support her argument or what I perceived was backing her up. However, it was actually contrary to the point that she was trying to make. And um, it all it all started out as I was journaling and I realized that, okay, this was the point I was trying to make. But then she said this. And then I looked back at the conversation and said, well, you know what? It was totally not even the point she was trying to make. She, the reason she said no was because she was emphasizing the point she was making and she didn't want what I said to derail from the main point. Granted, it was supporting the emotional argument, but it wasn't supporting the intellectual argument. So um, after that, I journaled, got it out of my system, looked at um, what I did to contribute to the situation, and then it was all over. Now, if she was aware that I was upset, and if we were already having friction and butting heads, then I would have brought it up to her and I would have told her, I would have said sorry, and um, sorry, I was I blew up at you, this is the reason why, um, or if it already came out that I thought she was uh, naysaying, if I already had told her and we were both grumpy and walked away, I would have told her this thought process and I would have said, I'm, I, I apologize for cutting you off in the middle of your conversations. I was trying to support you, but I realized that I was derailing from your main point. So that, that long form um, explanation was just to, whoops, was just to say that, yes, if you have a conflict, look at your part in that conflict and address that and if you need to um, reconcile then address it with your spouse or significant other now in this scenario of the past weekend on vacation she had no clue that it was even happening I caught it while the story was starting to form in my head it had only been a couple of hours when the, the <laughs> that little devil on my shoulder started putting these whispers in my ear and so I journaled got it out of my system and then the emotions were gone the words were gone and so I didn't have to address it with a Shelly um, so that's I guess another tip is if you can avoid the conflict and if you can resolve it within yourself do so but don't harbor ill will don't harbor ill feelings address it as soon as possible because the later you address it, the worse it gets because you'll start building a story in your head and they'll start building up a story in their head. And then the next example is in your interactions with each other in front of your kids, be genuine with each other and be courteous with each other and do not be afraid to show Intimacy. Now, I don't mean making out. I mean, don't be afraid to tell your spouse I love you. In fact, show your kids the, that side of you and show them that there's a difference in the way you act between your spouse and the way that you act with strangers. Because there is an intimacy that you want them to be able to display 
with them and their siblings and it's a different intimacy that you would display your spouse to your spouse and they will start to differentiate that just by observing you that when I choose the one when I choose my true love and I do use that word to describe my wife I will come home from work open that door and I will tell my kids I love you kids where's my true love and then they will say your true love's in the kitchen and distinguish the relationship between the person that you choose to carry your cross with that you choose to burden the difficulties of this world with because you have that foundation and happiness and hope um, and everyone else around you and that relationship is sacred another reason is if you believe in God if you're a Christian a Muslim or if you're a devout and you have um, ritualized prayer or traditional prayers then pray that together pray them together with your kids because you are a steward of that faith whatever that faith is and you want your kids to share in that faith and one of the reasons is if you believe in the same God whether you are from the same faith tradition so Catholic and Presbyterian or Catholic and Baptist then try to go to the same church because if you go to two different churches then your children are gonna say if there's one God then why are we going to two different churches you're gonna have to explain that now that's just the ideal case if there is no ideal case then uh, and you do want to go to church to two churches because you want to expose them to two faith traditions it's going to be a little bit more complicated to explain that God is everywhere it, it actually is an awesome uh, exposure to diversity and a safe exposure to diversity because there is similarities in all faiths but you have to highlight those similarities and the compatibilities in both faiths and if you want a better explanation of that or a better experience of that read the life of pi if you don't want to read the whole book then read the first half of the life of pi before pi gets shipwrecked and stranded on a boat and the reason is pi actually does an amazing job of drawing the commonalities between the Muslim, the Catholic, and the uh, Protestant faiths in his upbringing. So, man, I'm just starting to ramble now, but I think these are just the secrets of how I've kept a happy marriage because that is one of the things that you want to make sure you give your children is... The, uh, an amazing relationship to your spouse or your significant other or their mother if you're not married you want to show your children an amazing relationship to their mother and the reason for that is because they are looking to both of you as the source of their oneness this is what makes who I am me and we want our our children if they're going to be the leaders of the future and we want them to create peace and love on earth 
then we want them to have a mentality of unity that brings things together and so whether we disagree with our spouse or not we want that relationship to show our children that they are whole and they are fragmented uh, whether we have a good relationship or I don't know maybe if you're hearing this after you've already separated from your spouse then moving forward you want to make sure that your relationship uh, with them in front of your kids is unitive because they are part your spouse as well it's going to be difficult and I'm speaking not from experience but I've seen this uh, from friends who are separated is they don't badmouth their significant other They're, they don't badmouth their children's parent and they highlight the good things about the other parent that of course attracted them to, to them in the first place and um, how their kids are carrying on those good traits and you want your those your children to carry on the good traits of your significant other now again here's another caveat this is coming from a person who who grew up in uh, it wasn't a broken home it was my parents had an abusive relationship however my mom was able to successfully hide it from us so I don't consider myself growing up in a broken home even though we had a toxic relationship in at the top <laughs> uh, at the top of the ladder and I didn't I did not get that example that I'm I'm telling you uh, was there I saw it coming from my mom's side I didn't see it come from my dad's side but us thinking that we had a normal life made me gave me a better foundation of who I am I don't have a good relationship with my dad I I don't even know a lot about him because he was very shut in and he didn't tell us a lot about himself however I feel like I have a, a pretty solid foundation of who I am uh, I thank my mom and I thank God for giving my mom the grace to divorce my dad or sp split up with my dad after the last sibling had left the house so when my youngest sibling there's six of us when my youngest sibling was off in college that is when she decided to address everything granted and caveated that's when she realized that there was a problem <laughs> that's that's the re that's the time that she realized that my dad had an addiction and how to deal with it that is when she realized um, about and, and got the resources to be able to deal with it but I'm looking in retrospect that the perspective of having two parents in the home um, helped me to put together a, a better foundation I had to work through some of those issues and I'm still working through some of the issues that I found and one of the reasons I'm doing that is to give my children a whole a perspective of wholeness in my relationship with Shelly because I, I remember I said in the very beginning of this podcast that giving them an amazing mom is the best present but it's giving them 
your relationship with their mom is the best present because that is their foundation of how it means to interact with other people and not just other people but the person that they are to be intimate with and if it's not going to be another person it could be with God if they're going to see God as their lover and to be completely immersed in an understanding of God as the bridegroom then they need to see that in your relationship and as a father as the dad you are that the God part of that relationship how you treat your wife is how they're gonna see God God's relationship to his people or to the people that are here on earth well does God the Father really love us I don't know because my dad beats me my dad beats my wife or my dad yells at my wife all the time so the the things in scripture or the things in the your belief of God that's gonna stand out to them is gonna look like God yelling at us and only the rules are gonna stand out only the retributions are gonna stand out only the threats are gonna stand out so that their relationship to the things outside of them is gonna be is gonna have the foundation of your relationship with your spouse now I've gotten to work already and this podcast has gone longer than usual so thank you very much for sticking with me through these ramblings my morning ramblings but that is my fatherhood experience and thank you so much for sharing it with me